Well, welcome back to our end time study. The topic is the seven-year tribulation. Um, And as we have done in times past, this is another reminder. This recording today is not going to be done in front of the normal Wednesday evening class. There were some topics that did not get properly recorded, and this was one of them. So I'm going back um, into the sanctuary, so to speak, and just recording this just myself. So there's no interaction with anyone in uh, in a classroom. Uh, So just wanted to make sure you're aware of that. Uh, Seven-year tribulation period taken from Daniel chapter 9, and you may want to turn there as we're just getting started. Daniel chapter 9. Keep in mind, this is um, our interpretation, the Church of God's interpretation of this passage. But as I say all the time, you must decide for yourself. You need to study yourself and allow God to lead you. The doctrine of the seven-year tribulation period comes from Daniel chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. So let's go ahead and read that at this time. Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Know, therefore, and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince There shall be seven weeks and sixty-two weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall, even in troublesome times. Verse 26. And after the sixty-two weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with a flood. Until the end of the war, desolations are determined. In verse 27, then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. But in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abominations shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation, which is determined, is poured out on the desolate. First, I need to highlight that there are a few events, there are a number of events being prophesied about here. And as we will see, sometimes Daniel bounces around from event to event when describing them. So this is how I want to break this topic down. First, I want to give you the historical, chronological breakdown of these 70 weeks. Second, we're going to try and explain what is actually taking place in these verses. And third, we'll talk about where the popular seven-year tribulation period, uh, that doctrine, comes from today. But first, let's talk about the historical and chronological breakdown. Verse 24 says, 70 weeks are determined. And, And just while I'm thinking of it, there may be times during this study, if you're doing an in-depth study with me, that you'll you want to pause as I say something because I'm just going to continue to go from thought to thought. And, and you may want to pause it along the way just to do your own research or make sure you've understood something. But I'm just going to keep going here 
um, with this study, and hopefully I'm not going too fast for you. Okay, verse 24, 70 weeks are determined. This is telling us that it will take 70 weeks for the events described in these verses to occur. Now, in the prophetic time, a day is equal to one year. So in our case, seven days, one week, is equal to seven years. This comes from a common form of prophetic measurement that all biblical scholars agree on and, and use. Even premillennialists and millennialists use this same measurement. You can look at Numbers 14.34, Ezekiel 4.6 for some relating passages. So the first week is equal to seven years. So if verse 24 says it will take 70 weeks for all of these events to occur, we can then take 70, or 70 weeks, multiply that by 7, which is 7 years per week, and you come up with 490 years. So, from the beginning of this prophecy until the time of its fulfillment, 490 years will elapse. Daniel breaks these 490 years down into three categories of weeks. Verse 25b talks about seven weeks, or 49 years, the first 49 years of this prophecy. Verse 25b also talks about 62 weeks, or the next 434 years. And then verses 26 through 27 refer to one week and the final seven years. So, what's the first event that will take place? Well, verse 25a tells us that from the going forth of the command to restore and rebuild, excuse me, to restore and build Jerusalem. So the first event mentioned is the rebuilding and restoring of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, the, the city of David, the capital of Israel, the site of the glorious temple Solomon built, around 997-990 B.C. In 722 B.C., the Assyrians conquered the northern tribes of Israel, but Judah, Jerusalem, and the temple are spared. That's the southern part of Israel. But in 586 B.C., King Nebuchadnezzar conquers Judah and destroys Jerusalem and the temple. The Israelites are taken into captivity in Babylon. Now, not sure if you know much about that area today, but modern-day Babylon is located in Iraq. It's about 53 miles south of Baghdad. Saddam Hussein's summer palace would have overlooked the ancient ruins of Babylon. So just some little bit of interesting tidbits there for you. In 539 B.C., King Cyrus of Persia conquered Babylon, but in turn, he inherited the Israelites who were still held in Babylonian, Babylonian captivity. Now, we need to keep in mind how important Jerusalem was to the nation of Israel. This was the land and the spot that God promised Abraham some 1,500, 1,600 years earlier. The land Jacob and Joseph, Moses, Joshua all fought and worked for 
the spot where their mighty kingdom would be established under Kings David and Solomon, where the magnificent temple was built. Regarding the temple, it was the most holy place where they would sacrifice under their God in order to receive forgiveness of sins and acceptance from God. The place where the Shekinah glory of God resided and shook the very foundations of the temple. So when the Israelites were taken away from their beloved homeland, their beloved city of Jerusalem, and sent into Babylonian captivity, how do you think they would have felt? How would you feel? They probably felt as if their identity was gone, that they no longer had a home. Their history and their heritage, their sacred traditions and rituals were gone. Their ability to communicate with their God was gone. One can only imagine how desperate they were to return so they could rebuild and restore their great city and temple and resume temple worship. This brings us to the year 457 B.C. They got their wish. King Artaxes, there's different ways to pronounce his name, uh, King Artaxes, the Persian king, who was much more favorable to the Jews, by the way, he gave the order, he gave the command, he gave permission to, for the Jews to leave their captivity in Babylon and return to restore and rebuild their city. You can look at Ezra chapter 7, 1 through 28, and then Ezra 9, verse 9 for that story. Back to Daniel chapter 9. So with King Artaxes, with his command and his decree, and Daniel 9.25, Daniel 9.25 was fulfilled. And the countdown of the 490 years began in 457 B.C. Don't miss that. That's a very important part. The countdown of the 490 years began in 457 B.C. when this decree was given. Now, let's break down the three weekly categories that are mentioned in Daniel 9, 24 through 27. The first seven weeks, verse 25, which equals 49 years. Beginning in 457 B.C., it took the people of Israel 49 years to rebuild Jerusalem and the temple. The decree went out in 457, and they completed their restoration in 408 B.C. This is the first seven weeks explanation. The next 62 weeks, verse 25, or 434 years, this represents a silent period. This was the time of, of history when not much was happening, especially with the people of Israel in the Middle East and in Israel. No longer were prophetic voices leading the people of Israel. For 400 plus years, it seemed that God's voice was silent. So we fast forward those 434 years from the time Jerusalem was rebuilt, and you come to the year 26 A.D. Daniel in the Old Testament culture used a different calendar than what we use today. So some of the dates may vary slightly depending upon what calendar you're using. But this completed, the 26 A.D., when that year hit, this completed the first 69 weeks of Daniel 9, and began the final week, became began the final seven years of this prophecy. So where does this put us in history? The beginning of Jesus' ministry. 
Jesus was born around 4 BC, and that's some some study of research you might want to do on your own. Um, but if you take 4 BC and add it to 26 AD, this would make Jesus 30 years old. Rather amazing if you think about it. So when the 70th week began, Jesus was just starting his ministry, which leads us into the explanation here of the final week. Verse 26a says, and after the 62 weeks, don't miss that, the word after, and after the 62 weeks, then verse 27, he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. There's our final week, the last seven years of this prophecy. So we believe when the 69th week or the 69th year ended, and as we enter the 70th week, we are taken to the beginning of Jesus' ministry. We believe this final week, the seven years, describes the events that began when Jesus' ministry began, a time that also includes his death and resurrection and the events soon after. So lastly here, I want to explain uh, these verses, just kind of break them down as, as quickly as I can and succinctly as I can. Keep in mind, as is the case with any Old Testament prophecy, there are aspects of Scripture that apply to those in that current generation, and then there are double meanings that pertain to future generations and future events. But all future prophecies ultimately point the way for the coming of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. So let's go back to verse 24. Um, and uh, I'll have you read that. Well, let's just go ahead and read that here together. Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. This is more of a verse that gives an overall summary to the work that Jesus came to do. If you think about it, let's break this down. Seventy weeks are determined. This is a saying of these things, of which Daniel is about to talk about. This is saying that for these things to take place, 70 weeks or 490 years will elapse. Next, it talks about to finish the transgression. Well, if we look at Matthew chapter 23, verses 29 through 32, and then Luke 11, 37 through 51, this gives explanation to what this would be. Through the Old Testament, God sent prophet after prophet to try and get his people to return to him. But they rejected every single one of them, ignoring some, imprisoning some, even killing others. And Jesus was the last and final prophet sent to redeem not just the Jewish people, but of all mankind. But we know the Jews took God's son, his last and final attempt to save them, and they killed him too. So the work they started on Old Testament prophets, they finished on Jesus. This was fulfilled in the 70th week, and this is what it meant. They finished the transgression. They finished what the Old Testament prophets started thousands of years ago, or hundreds and hundreds of years before that. Next, in verse 24, it talks about to make an end of sin. 
when Jesus died, he took care of the sin problem once and for all, praise the Lord. No longer does mankind have to be bound by sin. You can look at Matthew one twenty one, Hebrews 9.26, and 1 John 1.7 for that. Next, it tells us to make atonement for iniquity. Romans 5, verses 8 through 11, 2 Corinthians 5.21, and Hebrews 10, verses 1 through 10 for passages that back this up. This tells us Jesus paid the price that man could not pay. And it was God's only plan for the forgiveness of mankind. Next, it talks about to bring in everlasting righteousness. Well, we can look at Philippians 1, 9 through 11, 1 Timothy 6, 9 through 11, and Titus 2, 11 through 12 to corroborate that. Jesus has provided through the Spirit grace to live apart from sin and power to serve God to live in righteousness that will last forever. To seal up vision and prophecy is the next statement there in verse 24. We can look at Hebrews 1, 1 through 2, Hebrews 10, verse 26, and Matthew 21, 33 through 46 for this. Christ is God's last message to the world. Christ is all God is going to offer. And people who refuse Christ and refuse him in these days will have no other chance, no other opportunity. There is no other vision, no other provision to be offered to mankind. And the last thing in verse 21 says to anoint the most holy. The word anointed comes from the Hebrew root word mashak, which, from which comes the English word messiah. So based on what we've studied thus far, we believe this is saying that in 70 weeks or in 490 years, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Most Holy One, would come into the world. Next, let's go to verse 25. Let's read that. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. The streets shall be built again, and the wall, even in troublesome times. Repeating what we've already covered, this is referring to the decree that the Persian king, King Artaxes, made to Ezra and allowing the Hebrews to return to Jerusalem and rebuild their city. When it says there shall be seven weeks, referring to both the start date of 457 B.C., when the decree was given that they could go back and rebuild, and the 49 years that it would take to rebuild Jerusalem. We covered that earlier. When it says, until Messiah the Prince, this is a reference to when the Messiah would come. It says, in 62 weeks, after the city was rebuilt, another 434 years would pass before Jesus, the Messiah, the Prince, would come on the scene. That would be at the end of the 69th week. It says, the street shall be built again, and the wall, even in troublesome times. This is another reference to the work of rebuilding Jerusalem. Again, go back and read Ezra and Nehemiah, and you'll know that the rebuilding happened under much persecution or troublesome times. Let's go to Daniel 9, verse 26. Let's read that. And after the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with a flood until 
the end of the war, desolations are determined. And after the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. The New Living Translation says that his life was cut short in midstream. We believe this is a reference to how Jesus was cut off. He was cut off from his ministry. He was arrested and taken by the Jewish leaders and crucified. Jesus was indeed cut off, even from his own father. If we look at Isaiah 53, 1 through 9, especially in verse 8, we'll see reference to this. And then it says in verse 26, back to 26, And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with a flood until the end of the war desolations are determined. I'm going to hit that in just a little bit. Let's move on to verse 27. Let's read that. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. Reference, this is a reference to the final seven years of the 70, of the 70 weeks. We believe when the 69th week ended, and as we enter the 70th week, we are taken to the beginning of Jesus' ministry. So this final week or final seven years describes the events starting with Jesus' baptism, his ministry, his death and resurrection, and events to happen soon thereafter. At what event did Jesus' ministry begin? Most scholars believe that his ministry began with the baptism of John the Baptist when he was baptized by John the Baptist. Luke 3, 21 through 23, and Luke 4, 18. Matthew 26, 28, Jesus uttered those immortal words, This is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for the remission of sins. Then it also tells us here in verse 27, But in the middle of the week he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. We believe this is reference to when Jesus died on the cross, listen to this, three and a half years into his ministry, or in other words, in the middle of the week or seven-year period. It makes sense. It lines up perfectly and beautifully. And if Jesus was 30 when he began his ministry, he would have been 33 and a half years old according to this verse, which we know this was the case. And his sacrifice did bring an end to the animal sacrifices and offerings that existed in temple worship. Praise the Lord for that. You can look at Hebrews 7:27, Hebrews 9 verse 12 and verse 26, Hebrews 10 verse 4 and then verses 10 through 14. Some of you may be asking, what about the remaining three and a half years of the final week? Some believe that the second three and a half years entails the years following the crucifixion and the resurrection. Consummated when Peter was called to Cornelius's Cornelius's house to extend the gospel to Gentiles and all of humanity. That's in Acts chapter 10. This was the time when the gospel was proclaimed to the Gentile world and the new covenant Jeremiah spoke about took place. When it talks about and on the wing, the, the second half of verse 27 of Daniel 9, it says, And on the wing of abomination shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation, which is determined, is poured out on the desolate. We believe this verse goes hand in hand with the tail end of verse 26. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. 
The end of it shall be with a flood until the end of the war desolations are determined. Now, to be honest with you, there is a degree of debate over what these verses refer to. Um, Many believe that they can be a reference to the fall of Jerusalem by the Roman Emperor Titus in 70 A.D. I'm not going to go into that, but if you do some research on your own, you will find that that was an incredibly horrific event in the history of Israel. Um, Jesus even referred to this in Matthew chapter 24. Jesus even referred to this when he was on the Via Dolorosa with carrying the cross, and it says that he stopped and there were women there, and he even referred to this event. What, what an amazing scene that was. Here is Jesus uh, walking, going to his death on Calvary. And he stumbles and he stops and he sees these women that are weeping and crying over what is happening, happening to him. And, and instead of talking about that event, Jesus tells them to be weary of what is going to be happening a few years from now. He was referring to the fall of Jerusalem in 70 A.D. So you know it must have been just an incredibly horrific, terrible event in the history of Israel. So some people believe that uh, the second, uh, the part of verse 26 and the second half of verse 27 is, re- is a reference <clears throat> to the fall of Jerusalem. Some people think it could be the Hellenistic Greek king, Antiochus IV, who conquered Jerusalem and the temple in 167 B.C. I'll allow you to look at or come to your own conclusion with that. So lastly, in wrapping all of this up, let's give explanation as to why many today feel um, there's going to be a seven-year tribulation period at the end of time. That's really where this entire topic began from. Where does the seven-year tribulation period come from? Well, just to review the timeline of what many feel today, we don't believe this, but many feel that the next thing to happen in prophetic history will be the secret rapture of the church, then to be followed by this period of seven years, a seven-year tribulation period. The first three and a half years will be good, will be great, will be plentiful, and the last three and a half years will be bad, much persecution. This teaching comes from Daniel 9, 24 through 23, so they say. The premillennialists believe as we do regarding Daniel 9, 24 through 26. Don't miss what I just said. Regarding Daniel 9, 24 through 26, premillennialists believe as we do. They believe that all the events in the first 16, in the first 69 weeks will occur as I've described to you today, the first 483 years. However, here is where we differ and where they get their seven-year tribulation. Premillennialists believe the final year referred to in Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, did not occur immediately after the 69th year. But this final week will take place sometime in the future. Let me say that again. They believe that the final year, the final week, the last seven years, described in verse 27, did not occur immediately after the 69th year, or excuse me, 69th week, but this final week will take place sometime in the future. 
They believe this final week, the final seven years, is yet to occur. It will begin when the church is raptured. They refer to this as the postponement futuristic theory. They believe there is a huge gap of over 2,000 years separating weeks 69 and 70. They see this final week, the final seven years, referring to the coming of the Antichrist. That's what they believe the prince, the small uh, capital P uh, in verse 26. They believe that's what that refers to. When the Antichrist will establish a period of seven years reign here on earth. And that's it. That's where they get the seven-year tribulation period theology. And if you'll remember what we said at the outset of our study um, on rapture, we need to use common sense and allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us throughout his word. Some arguments to rebuttal, uh, to rebut their, uh, their theory. First, now that we've digested this passage and your, your head's probably swimming, um, do you see anywhere where it talks about a secret snatching away or rapture from our previous study? No, of course not. Second, our entire argument for the topic of the seven-year tribulation, now don't miss this point, our entire argument for the seven-year tribulation period can be based on two words in Daniel 9.24. Let's read and see if we can't see this. It's really included in the very first line of verse 24. It says, 70 weeks are determined. What's this saying to us? It says that the infallible word of God tells us 70 weeks are determined. What does the word determined mean? It means having made a firm decision and being resolved not to change it. Jesus often said that he was to be crucified at the hands of the religious leaders, but he also said that he would rise again in how many days? Three. Was it three days? Yes, it was exactly three days. Joseph prophesied to the Egyptian king that there would be seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. Did it occur just as prophesied? Yes. Adherents to the rapture and the seven-year tribulation period do acknowledge that a covenant was ratified by Jesus during this final week, but they say that what Jesus was trying to bring into existence was an earthly kingdom, and the Jews rejected this covenant. When God says something is going to happen, it's going to happen. When he says something is determined, mankind has no right to change God's words. No one has the authority to make what God says is determined undetermined. So, we do not believe that there was any postponement. The 70th week took place immediately following the 69th week. The events in verses 26 through 27 refer to both the years of Jesus' ministry through the time the gospel was spread to the Gentile nation plus the horrific events of Jerusalem's fall in 70 AD. All these events do not have to occur exactly within the 490 years. It simply means that 490 years must elapse in order for the events to take place. Some of the events, Jerusalem's fall, could occur even after the 490 years. 
The duration of the covenant was not limited to one week, but was simply ratified during that one week of prophecy. And this allows for events in 70 A.D. to be included even in verses 26 through 27. And as we talked about the Hellenistic, uh, the Greek Hellenistic king, Antiochus IV, there could be uh, leeway given for that um, interpretation to be given with all this as well without um, changing all that we've talked about today. I think that's where I'm going to wrap things up. Hopefully we did not uh, overwhelm you too much with this. This was probably the most intense, in-depth study um, in-depth topic that we had to study, um, but hopefully it shed some light uh, on the on the issue for you, on the topic for you, and hopefully this has been helpful to you. All right, God bless. Take care.